Good morning. Wow. How many churches do you go to that during worship they're calling out fire, fire, fire? <laughs> Not too many. So we love to be here. I, I heard the Lord say, how lovely are my dwelling places. And I just agree with him how lovely you are this morning. And uh, we used to tell our church, say to our church all the time, have you been told that you are loved and we just want to tell you that you are loved this morning. If you don't hear it from mom and dad or whoever, the Lord says he loves you and we love you too. So uh, just feel loved today. But um, I heard the Lord say a lot of people are dreamers, but a lot of people don't understand what they get. So he just said, just pour out the spirit of understanding. We both carry that and um, the spirit of revelation, spirit of prophecy. So Lord... I just say, Lord, such as you've given my husband and I, we freely give it away. Lord, it's yours. And so we say spirit of revelation, spirit of prophecy, spirit of understanding, Whoa. spirit of interpreting dreams, Lord Jesus. Wow. I just pray, Father, that you would supernaturally impart that gift to all of wow. these today. There are dreamers. There are prophets yeah. here, Lord. There are all kinds of uh, seeing gifts, Lord Jesus. So impart your yeah. favor on them to understand what you're saying in Jesus name. Amen. And so this morning I have visions and dreams mixed together and most of them are just things you probably already know that I don't know a lot about but he just loves to encourage us. So I had one church say all you had was encouragement. I said well sometimes he just wants to encourage us and say that you're doing a great job. So I said that's all right. I'd rather have that than correction wouldn't you. So anyway so it's a lot of encouragement, and so I'll give you the things that he gave me. Number one, Proverbs 16, 7, when the Lord is pleased with the decisions you've made, it activates grace to turn enemies into friends. And I saw a letter in my dream arriving in the mail from someone who was an enemy. It was a letter uh, apologizing, expressing their love. And so this is a season of reconciliation. People from your past will begin to come to reconcile with you. We are in a time of reconciliation. Right. And I know that our first thoughts go to, well, they probably changed. But you know what? We probably changed. And so don't let your first thought be is they probably changed. So the Lord is changing us, isn't he? Day yeah. by day, I'm praying he's changing me. Number two, Proverbs 22, 6 Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. And I saw you taking your middle schoolers and your teens on many types of missions trips and to different places, continents and nations, even into your downtown area. And it was a good time for them. But not only was it a good time, it was life-changing. It will not only change the way that they see others, but it's going to change the way that they see themselves. So keep going on those trips, uh, whoever's leading. And I know you guys are leading the young adults, but uh, all of that, all of you go on a missions trip. It will change your life. Number three, Habakkuk 2.2. Habakkuk and Jehovah answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain upon tablets that he may run that reads it. And I saw people in line buying manuals. And from out of this house will come new prototypes, manuals, curriculums, books, business plans. There will be no end of your creativity. It will flow from here, and it's going to bring blessing to generations to come. Come on. Number four, I was in a restaurant, and they were setting people 
up the young children in tables and the adults in other tables and because they serve different foods to children and different foods to adults. And I heard 1 Corinthians 3, 2, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. So I see lots of new believers Come coming on. in, being brought into your house. They will need to be prepared and developed, and you will have to uh, get new prototypes for new believers classes. And twice we had opportunities to minister to people that could not be integrated into the church right away. We actually had to have uh, places for them outside the church, the biker gang called the death gang. Uh, the people were afraid of them, so we couldn't integrate them in <laughs> right away. <laughs> and we also ministered to the inner city. And some of the men that came and were, became believers, they weren't able to integrate with the church right away. So we had them off campus. So I see that for you. You're going have, to have new believer classes in a different sort Normandy for different house. types of people out of the house. And you're going to have, of course, in here as well with all the people that are going to be coming in. Number five, I had a vision of Tyre sitting by a wall of a racetrack. The elderly and the older ones who may be thinking, you know, they're going to have to retire. They don't have anything to do, but the Lord's going to retread you and refire you. And you're going to be a vital part of this ministry, just like my husband and I. He has great th things for you. I, uh, Brian had a dream where the elderly people were up ministering, and the compassion and the love that just exuded from them it was releasing revival to that church so don't Come just on, give hairs. up and say i'm done the compassion and the love that flows from you is worth more than anything and number five this is your time to shine church it's a time of his great favor here i saw a huge powder puff come down from heaven and fluff ah. and puff you so the Lord is preparing to show you off to the community and to the nations. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Daniel 12, 3. Number seven, I've come to set uh, the fire on the earth, and how I long for every heart to be already ablaze with this fiery passion for God. Luke 12, 49. I saw people wearing fire garments, and as you came in, it was spread to other people, for the Lord is going to ignite you with his revival and reformation. And number eight, I had a vision of the children of Israel picking up and moving every time the cloud moved, and I heard the Lord say, you are called to be pioneers, trailblazers, clearing a path for generations to come. You will break open the way, and others will pass behind you. Isaiah 58:11. Yahweh will always show you where to go and what to do. He will fill you with refreshment. Even when you're in a dry and difficult place, he will continually restore strength to you. You will flourish like a well-watered garden and like an ever-flowing, trustworthy spring of blessing. Your people will rebuild long-deserted ruins, building anew on foundations laid long before you. You will be known as repairers of the cities and restorers of communities. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for what's coming out of this place, Father. You're setting them on fire. You're setting them in the nations, Lord Jesus, to set the nations on fire with your passion, with your love, Lord Jesus. Life-changing, life, -changing, life uh, just life-giving people coming out of this place, Lord, to touch the communities of this, of this uh, city and the nations, Father. We bless them, Lord. You're going to refresh them. You're going to refire them. You're going to send them out, Lord. You're going to use them for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God praise bless God. bless you all. Amen. Thank you, darling. Great job, sweetheart. Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> Best wife I've ever had.
It's 47 years. Yeah. We got married at 12, but uh, yeah. So good to be here. We were at uh, the Pickering, Pickerington campus uh, a year or so ago, and now we get to have the honor of being here in Powell. And wow, we totally love your pastors. They are so incredible. Would you give it up for Jim and Mary? Oh, you can do better than that, church. I know you can. Oh, yeah. They make sacrifices for you that you know not of. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, they are, they are treasures. We, you know, we travel quite frequently. I don't know how many churches we've ministered in in the last 10 years, but, um, you know, a few hundred. Okay. And it's just been amazing to see uh, different congregations, different worship, different folks of every stroke, you know what I'm saying? And, but there's something sweet and good about this church and about your pastors that really stand out. So take it from somebody that is not from the Columbus area as a guest here in your house. You really have it sweet here. So enjoy it. Love on your pastors. Encourage them. Uh, send them to Israel with me next year. Um, uh, you know, we're doing a cruise, by the way, Passion Translation Cruise in January, if any of you are into the cruising scene, uh, tptcruise.com. But you don't want to come. You, you don't want to enjoy some Bible study and fun in the sun. Uh, you won't be able to handle that. You'd rather stay here in January and shovel snow. I get it. I get it. But uh, it's, it's a treat to be here. And uh, we've been up and down, and we've had lots of awesome things already this morning. But I, I want to take the next six hours of your time. <laughs> but if you'll stand and be really nice, I'll shrink it down, I promise. So let's stand before the Lord and just honor him. Put your hand over your heart. Speak these beautiful words out of your lips. Jesus, I love you. And I always will. There's something about your sweet name that intoxicates my soul. I'm undone when I think about you. Let your kiss come over my heart today and help Brian to be short and sweet. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat, everybody. Thank you. You know, uh, my wife and I got married. We were part of the, thankfully we got married, yeah. Uh, we were part of the Jesus movement back in the early 70s, and the Lord just put in our heart at our wedding, at our wedding vow, that we would go to the unreached tribes that had never heard the gospel. It burned in our heart. We, we wanted it more than anything. We would weep in the presence of God, saying, God, use us. Take our lives and use us. And then one day, we had that joy after years of training, etc. cetera. Uh, we had a specially designed aircraft, and they cut out a jungle airstrip that was only about 1,600 feet long. If anybody knows aviation, you know how short that is. And we had this, this grassy airstrip and a specially designed short takeoff and landing aircraft to bring us in. We bounced to a halt. I called it a controlled crash. And we, we, 
finally stop at the very end of the runway. I open the door to get out of the plane. Here's our first time in the jungle. The whole village had come over to the airstrip to meet us. And I step out of the plane and I hear these words, kill Brian. Kill Brian. First one man said it, then it spread others. And before long, everybody at the airstrip was jumping up and down saying, kill Brian. I found out later the word kill is their word uncle. They were celebrating Uncle Brian had come <laughs> to their village. That was my first culture shock of being a tribal missionary. It, things aren't always what you think. So first day in the village, I'd been trained as a linguist. I'd had, you know, phonetics and phonemics and morphology and tagmemic grammar structure. And I, I had all the wonderful linguistic training. But all I had was a piece of paper and a pen and a finger to point. So I pointed to a tree. My first word, I said, What's that? I wrote down phonetically as I've been trained what they said, and I thought, man, I got my first word. Then I came over to this big rock, a boulder there in the village. I pointed to that, and I wrote down my second word. Praise God. And then a cloud went overhead, and everything kind of became shade, and, and I pointed, and I knew I would get sky, cloud, shade, something. So I pointed up and said, what's that? I got my third word. I was so excited. And I looked at it, each word was the same. Every time I pointed and said, what's that? They said, your finger, stupid. <laughs> they don't point with their finger. They point with their lips. So the first phrase I got in their language was, your finger, stupid. And they played me for an idiot, which I must have been to them, because uh, I picked the wrong guy. Be careful what language informant you pick. I chose this one guy because he was eager to help me, not realizing that he taught me every single swear word in their language. A woman came to our hut on the second day. He's sitting there with me. I said, now, okay, what do I say when somebody comes to the, to the hut? You don't knock on the door. They don't have doors. You, you cough. <laughs> well, it's a bark wall, so obviously you can hear somebody coming. I, so here comes this woman, and, and I say, now, what do I say to her when she comes up here? He said, say this. So I said it. She screamed, got her husband with a machete. I thought, I am going to have a very short missionary career in this place. <laughs> but over the time, I, I learned the language. God gave my wife and I grace to, to learn the, the tribal tongue, and we, we were able to teach them Pabigale, uh, God's trail, which is the word of God, the, the way of salvation. They call it God's trail. And uh, the, uh, they, don't have, they didn't have books. They didn't have a written language, folks. And they didn't have any book at all, so they called books, they called it the, the talking tree bark because the white pages of the Bible or the book looked like the, the color of a tree bark out in the jungle, so they, they said it was the tree bark that spoke to you. So my wife taught them literacy, and eventually they were able to read, and we were, uh, uh, the day came, one of the happiest days of my life, when we were able to present to them the Payakuna New Testament in their own language. And a tribe of people that were unreached a few, a few decades ago now are worshiping God two and at times three times every day. They, a 
move of the Holy Spirit swept over the village, and virtually everyone was converted. And I never forget uh, one day praying to God. This is when nobody had become a believer, and they were uh, angry, and they were stealing everything from us, threatened my life a time or two. And I remember saying, God, you've got to reach these people. Under the mosquito net one night, all night praying, I said, Lord, you've got to reach these people. You brought me here to reach these people. And God spoke and said, no, I didn't. I brought you here to reach you. And if I could reach you, I could reach anybody. And the Lord broke my heart open, and I began to... Uh, the next day, I went what I call my trail of tears, and I went to every single hut in our village from sun up till sundown. I'd finished, but I went to every single person, asked them to forgive me for not showing them the love of Jesus Christ. And they would weep, and God would fall, and the Holy Spirit came. This was in the 80s. While some of you were under the disco ball, I was under a mosquito net. That's okay. Um, I hope you enjoyed your Bee Gees, but... Donna Summer, all that. But we saw a move of Holy Spirit. And that same move of God is going to come to Columbus. And I prophesy to this church that by September, you're going to have, by the middle of September, you're going to have a major influx of people. You will not have enough chairs. And you will say, why did we not go to two services earlier? And God is going to move in the hearts of people to help you and to stretch you and to go into a new season as you establish prayer meetings and you establish even one more campus, God is going to use this house to impact the city of Columbus in a very delightful, glorious way. People are coming into this church that are not like you. Everybody say, we'll take them. Amen. Because he's looking, the Lord is looking over the churches of Columbus. Where is the place I can send my radical ones? Too hot to handle millennials that nobody else wants. God is going to bring them. A young adult movement is going to sweep over Ohio. I see you like Samson. Your hair has been cut. Your eyes have been gouged out. But his hair grew back. And the anointing came once again upon him. And in his death, he destroyed more in his death than he did in his life. He, he defeated more of the enemies in his dying than he did in his living. And so will you. As you die to some of the models and things that have brought you up to this point, God is going to launch you into some new endeavors. And you're going to reach the lost like never before. You're going to be known as an outreach church, touching the city and touching the nations, says the Lord. Amen. Well, six of you really like that, but I'm, I'm really glad. Uh, we, we've had a great weekend thus far, and tonight I'm going to be speaking on the seven baptisms of fire. Do not come tonight. Do not come tonight because you will ignite on holy fire. We've had actual literal fireball hit the church. We uh, were firemen. You know, people say, was it a real fire? I said, well, ask the, the fire captain of the city and the 12 firemen that came and put it out. We've had all kinds of signs and wonders when I teach these expressions of fire. Do not come tonight, please. You, you are not ready for this. But there will be three or four that are going to be hungry and will really want some of the fire of God. And for those of you that desire it, you all come out. Is that okay? 
ladies and gentlemen? Okay. Well, let me just finish our, our morning here with sharing what is so powerful about God. And it's called the dance of love. You are being invited to the dance of love, a love feast of heaven. The God family, or Godhead as it's called. The God family, Father, Son, and Spirit. Whatever that really means. Father, Son, Spirit. The Godhead. It's called the Trinity. Can you handle some of this stuff here this morning? The Trinity is inviting you in to the dance of love. Love is going to win the nations. Love is what converted my soul. Love is what wins the hearts. It will win that wayward husband and that child that's wandered away. The love of God is so powerful. I don't know much, but I've learned this in my years of ministry, that guilt-driven theology does not change the hearts of people. But when, when love is released and embraced and it's real, it's tangible, it's not pretend love, it's not human love, but the divine love pouring through the hearts of men and women, it changes us. So get ready for a love revival. A love revival is going to win the day. It's going to change your heart. It's going to heal your family. God has a plan to make you more loving than you're prepared to be. I mean, there, there's going to be such a change and a shift in your heart between now and the next time I get back here, 18 months or whenever it is. God is going to so transform this house. You say, well, I thought we're already loving. I'll take some more. Take some more. I mean, you can't OD on the love of God. God's never going to say, oh, stop, stop. You're too loving. You need a little hate down there. You need you know, a little hate come out of you. No. Against the fruit of the Spirit, there is no boundary. There's no prohibition. There's no law. So the fruit of the Spirit and, and true scholars who know the text of the Greek Bible will tell you that there's really only one fruit of the Spirit. It's singular. It's the word harvest or the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy is love exalting. Peace is love at rest. Long-suffering is love at school. And all of the, the other expressions of what's called the fruit of the Spirit, they're all dimensions of the love of God. And it concludes, Paul concludes his statement in those two verses, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and he says there's no law against these things. They supersede and transcend any law of man or God. So the, uh, the ODing of love, I dare you to OD in the love of God, to go way beyond your limit. I mean, if you love your enemies, they're no longer your enemy. They stop being your enemy. So all you have is friends. Some of them hurt you, but they bring you to the throne, ask Joseph. Some of them will betray you, but they're the ones that actually end up promoting you. Ask Joseph, he'll tell you. So even the most painful situations we've gone through, they're but tests of love. They're opportunities to love more. You guys okay here? And, and this stretching of our hearts in love is going to be the, the component of this great awakening that's going to sweep over the Buckeye State. 
So the dance of love, the early church fathers called it perichoresis, perichoresis. And it is a combination of two Greek words. Peri is around or surround. Choresis is where we get chorus or choir <laughs> or choreography. And it, it's the concept of, of God himself dances and sings around you. That he spins and twirls and delights in you, Zephaniah 3.17. The God of glory is inviting you to the dance. Nothing can make me dance <laughs> like the love of God. And that you're invited, prodigals are coming home, sons and daughters that have wandered, coming back to the Father's house to dance, the dance of love. Father, Son, and Spirit, they've got a really good thing going. I mean, they, they've got the perfect family, the perfect cell group. They are a cell group. And, and to think of, of the, the intimacy that Father, Son, and Spirit, as they intermingle with each other, what they enjoy in the Godhead. I mean, think about the bliss, the, the absolute perfection between the three in one. And that he's now included us, that he's invited us into this dance divine. What helps me is to realize that Jesus is in the Godhead. And what I mean by that is there is a human being right now running the universe. All of creation is governed by a human being. His name is Jesus Christ. He's God, the Son. You'll never hear me dilute the deity of Christ. But the church has diluted the humanity of Jesus. He didn't leave his body on earth and just float off in the spirit. He took flesh and bone into the heavenly realm and was seated, exalted, and placed in the supreme authority of the universe as a man. The man, Jesus Christ, governs the universe. He's a man with passion. He's a man with emotion. He's a man with romance in his eyes. He's got a bride he's going to come back for. You know, it's not good for the son of man to be alone. And he's longing for a partner, an eternal friend that he can share everything with. I mean, what husband is going to keep a secret from his wife? Uh-uh-uh. You're going to give it all. You're going to be co-signers. You're, you're going to share everything, even germs. I mean, you share it all when you're married. And so Jesus is, is inviting us to share co-sharers of the life of the Trinity, of the Godhead. We actually have the DNA of God in us. Man, go figure. That the, the life of the Father, Son, and Spirit is now in us. When Jesus came to us, he said, I, I and my Father will make our dwelling place with you. So God the Father and Jesus are in me right now. Shababoronda. That means I'm really excited. <laughs> and on top of that, I have the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, depending on what background you're from. But Espiritu Santo vive in me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. I have Holy Spirit. You're not going to take him from me. He's my best friend. And Jesus said, it's okay. You can have two best friends. He's not a offended. Well, what that means is I have the Trinity inside of me. The fullness of the Godhead lives in me. 
That'll change your day. That'll crash into your pity party. That will, you know, totally, you know, cancel your itinerary of a guilt trip right there. When you know that you've got Father, Son, Spirit dancing, singing, celebrating the fact that you just woke up. That's all. All you have to do to make God happy. Wake up. Hello. You know what? I'll tell you what. He took me to heaven and he told me what he loves about you people. Everything. He said, you go tell my people what I love about them. I said, I will. What is it, Lord? He said, everything. You see, you've sure got a distorted view of God Almighty. He's not the statue somewhere looking down. You know, you got to catch him at the right time between mood swings, you know. Like PMS, prophetic mood swing. you got to watch out when you catch him. I remember I always had to ask my dad for the keys to the car. I, I would butter him up. I, you know, I'd mow the yard. I'd do something, you know. And then I'd time it just perfect. I said, oh, hey, I want to borrow the car. You, got, you don't have to do that with God. You don't have to butter him up with, well, you know, if I worship an hour and a half, and if I just pray 25 hours today and, and, and double tithe and fast 41 days, then, then he'll like me and he'll give me things. No, just wake up, open your eyes, say, I love you, Abba. He says, me too. That's all you need to do. And then there's Yeshua, there's Jesus. I mean, come on, never has there been a man like him. So loving that the magnetic tug on the life of Jesus was so intense that villages miles away would empty out just to be near him just to be in his presence because something came out of him. The sauce was all over him. I don't That's probably not the best way to say The anointing of God. <laughs> I'm thinking Chick-fil-A. I guess I'm getting hungry. Man, Chick-fil-A sauce. They, they need to sell that. But Jesus dripped. He was drenched. He was, the oil of God was dripping off of him. His words were verbal Portals of glory that opened up and brought access to the heavenly realm. Just when he opened his mouth and spoke, nobody spoke like this man. They all taught weird doctrine stuff and how to make God happy and you got to do, you got to, you got to do, do this and do, do. But Jesus spoke and, and, and infants would crawl up to him. Toddlers would hold his leg. Little boys and girls, adolescents would cling to him. And then there's the adults that just wanted to hug him and embrace him and touch his clothing and be near him. Why? Because a man loved like never before, and they knew it. And he invited people everywhere, come to me. Come. You are weary. You're all worn out. You're all, you're all blasted and torched by religion. You come to me. I will give you something so refreshing. My burden is light. If I ask you to do something, I'll empower you to do it. You will succeed by the very commission of me telling you to do it. It's a promise of your success. That's what I'm going to do for you if you'll come. Learn of me. Find out how easy I am to please. You don't have to worry about me. I'm not going to be offended by your goofy, silly stuff. I won't take offense when you fall in front of me. That's the Jesus we love. And this divine dance of love, perichoresis, 
He's inviting you to come. Enter into the bliss, the love feast, the love feast of eternity. Don't wait till you die to enjoy it. I mean, dude, I, I don't want to just only imagine. I want to walk in it now. I mean, of course I can only imagine, but I, I know it's going to be infinitely greater, you know, but I want it now. I, I'm a boomer. I, I, I want it now. I'm an ex-hippie. I want it now. So I think faith pulls it into the, the very experience of our lives. Some of you look like you really need something. <laughs> you need God to be who he really is in you. Instead of the make-believe, instead of what you've been taught, maybe, instead of like this, this myth of God being so distant and aloof and angry and hard to please. Not at all. You're going to be with him forever. And endlessly, he will unveil more and more and more of this divine love to you. And it's going to radiate through you for millennia of time till eternity is over, which it never will be. You're going to find more and more of this great, glorious love. I have been sent by God to you to give you this invitation. And I'm trying to do my best, but the invitation is simple. You got to come and enter into the dance of love. Get ready to be loved beyond anything you understand. Just because you know English and can spell love or you've taught on agape one time, that's really cool, that doesn't mean you really know it. I'm talking about a love that permeates, it, it, it radiates, it, it comes into your very being at your cellular level. My wife had a dream where uh, she, every single cell of her body was in love with Jesus and she was praising him. I go, oh, give me a hug. I want some of that. Num, num. Mm. <laughs> and, and to have that, that relationship where we, we walk in the love of God, not in a performance mindset that if we do good, then he, he will be nice to us. And if we do bad, he kicks us where it hurts. And, and No, he, he's waiting to bless us. He's longing to bless us. Uh, he, he, blessing is his middle name. I mean, God is all about taking boys and girls and men and women and inviting them into the triune party. The dance of bliss. My words fail. You could get dictionaries stacked up from here to the moon in every language, and you'd never exhaust this theme of the love of God. Love is large. It's extraordinarily patient. It's kind. It's tender. It doesn't keep records of what people have done. It is immediately refreshing to the hearts of people. Love will win the hearts of others. When hope fades and faith is difficult, love will win the day. When perfect love comes, it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 8, you know the wedding chapter? 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Uh, it says when perfect love comes, that which is incomplete and imperfect fades away. That's gifts, it, it, it's ministries, it, it's your stuff, 
You see, it's not perfect love is what casts out fear. And when that perfect love comes into you, you don't major on minors. I really believe the Lord is calling Zion to focus in like a tractor beam, to be tugged right into this love theology. And that's why I've translated the Word of God, and I'm involved in this translation project. And the very first book I translated was Song of Songs. I'm going to read you a couple verses, and then, believe it or not, I'm going to quit. And, and, uh, but this love revelation, you need it uh, more than you're aware of. And we, we fight it sometimes. It's like the person that never wants to be hugged. You ever try to hug one of those stiff boards? That, uh... <laughs> All right, side hug. <laughs> uh, and the guys that hug, you know, I'm not gay. Three times, always, I'm not gay, okay? <laughs> Did I say that? But, you know, even the one, the alpha dog male in this room. <clears throat> the tough, rough dude, you want that reputation? <laughs> Kickboxer guy? Okay, great. Jehovah smack you is going to come. <laughs> and he's after your soul. And he's going to melt the mountain of manly pride like wax until you blubber like a little boy. And you say, Jesus, you're the daddy. You're the one that I wanted as a boy. Yeah, he is, and a whole lot more. The love of a woman can't compare to the love that God has for you. My male friend, my alpha dog friend. Oh, there's ladies here too, I forgot. But let me read the verse and let's, let's go eat. I told our church I promised them I'd stop when I got bored or hungry. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had lunch. And not boring here, but anyway. Here's the verses I want to leave you with. is Song of Songs. Thou shalt read it. Thou shalt read the Song of Songs. Ladies and gentlemen, please, whatever you do, read the Song of Songs. You'll read the newspaper. You'll go online and read all kinds of nasty blogs. Why don't you read the Song of Songs, and let it change your life. And of course, it would be my recommendation. You read it in... Yeah. I could have chosen any from among the vast multitude of royal ones who follow me. But one is my beloved dove, unrivaled in beauty, without equal Beyond compare, the perfect one, my favorite one. Others see your beauty and sing of your joy. Brides and queens chant your praise. How blessed is she. You are that favorite one. Everybody say, I'm his favorite. I'm his favorite. No, I am. I am. No, I said I am. We're going to have a church split here. You are beyond compare in his eyes. He bled to death to win your heart. Sacred blood, crimson drops of love 
came upon me and won my heart for eternity. To be his chosen one. He chose you because he wants you. He chose you because he loves you. He chose you out of a vast multitude because he knew you would respond and that you would love him back and that you would follow him. It's the dance of love. I hope you'll take dance lessons and I hope you'll enter in with me in the days to come of this divine, sacred dance. Peri caresses, the dance around you, God, who sings with the light over you. Would you stand? Te amo, Señor. Te amo con todo mi corazón. Father, I love you. Jesus, my Lord, I love you with all my heart. And the day will come when all my strength, all my soul, all my passion, all my heart will be wrapped only forever completely in you. And I ask, Lord, for my beautiful friends here today, I pray that they will accept that invitation. They'll not be that stiff board that even God can't hug. But Lord, soften, tenderize our hearts where we have been hard, calloused, unforgiving, unteachable. Lord, would you target those areas, even our blind spots, target them, God. Go after everything in us that doesn't look like love. Everything in us that would hinder our relationship as one. And I pray, God, that there will be many in this room today that will receive that invitation to the divine dance. Please keep your eyes closed for just a moment. And I want to speak to, to those here today that are not sure about your relationship with God. And you're wondering, is this really true? Does God really love me like that? And I guess that's legit. It's okay to ponder and have those questions. But I'm inviting you, I'm asking you right now to take a step across the line of doubt into faith. And I'm inviting you to say and receive Jesus into your heart, to say to him, I trust you. You are worthy of my trust. You are faithful, and I'm going to find out why. If you would like to receive Jesus in your heart and you know it, that it's real today, slip your hand up until I can see it. And that's, we're not going to do anything other than just have you slip your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. That's it, folks. But I know there's two, at least, they always come into the ark two by two. There's two here today. Are you one that needs to know? You could be a young person here. 
Uh, you could be somebody that, that's come to church many times. You know, sitting in a, in a garage doesn't make you a car. And coming to church doesn't mean you're a believer. You have to believe. Take that step. Go ahead, slip your hand up and say, it's me. I'm one of them. I want to receive him. Yes, I see your hand. Somebody else? Yes, yes, yes. There's three. I think there may be another here. There may be one more. This is so important. I'll never forget the day I made this step from LSD to G-O-D, bro, one day. Yeah, one day. One, one beautiful moment of my life. I went from darkness to light, and I've not turned back. So is there one more that will say, I want to step across the line from my doubt into faith and believe and receive Jesus as my Savior? For those of you that raised your hand, and all of us now, let's pray this out loud together. You prayed it once, but you can pray it again. It won't bother God. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I receive you today as my Savior. Come into me. Wash away my sin. All of it. And make me your child. I want to follow you, and I want to enter in the divine dance. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand, and those that received him today, we bless you. Thank you. You guys can be seated. Wow, thank you, Brian. That was just awesome. Thank you, Candace, for your words. And uh, she emailed those to me, and we'll put them on our Zion uh, private Facebook page for you guys, as well as the ones from um, Saturday, too. So, wow, thank you. Hey, if we could have our ushers come forward, we want to just be a blessing to Brian and Candace. And so, you know, they don't charge to come here. They just come here out of love, and so we want to love back on them. And so there's a couple different ways you can give. That'll be coming up here. If you make your checks uh, out to Zion Christian Fellowship, we count this offering separate for Brian and Candace. And uh, um, it, then the text to give, there'll be a little thing you scroll down that says Brian Simmons. You can give right there. I'm sorry, that's on the app, on the app to give. And there it is, there it is. So, so thanks for being generous, guys. We want to be a blessing. Tonight at uh, 5 p.m., Brian will be here, and tomorrow at 7 p.m. So kind of a special bonus night at 7. Seven baptisms tonight, I mean, uh, seven baptisms of fire. I mean, even if you just got one or two of those, that could be... Uh, that could be destiny changing right there. And so very excited about that. Um, and uh, just a reminder, uh, meeting, at, meeting at the cross uh, right after service. Those of you interested in uh, working at the, the Normandy Benefit Dinner. And then uh, downstairs in the basement is the, uh, oh, the choir. I mean, you guys know if Zion is doing a special and a choir, I mean, what's next? Easter plays? I mean, who knows what's happening right now? I don't know. There will be no Easter plays. So, uh, 
Listen, I got animal stories. Like, like they, we've, yeah, like we used to do them in the in the churches I went on staff on, and yeah, they, we we've seen people get sprayed by the donkey and uh, the whole deal. So, for real, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I remember one, uh, the church I grew up in, we did Easter plays too, and the uh, the pastor's wife. So the her, the husband played Jesus, the senior pastor, and. <laughs> And the senior, pa- and so one night he got sick, and his stand-in came in, and the wife didn't know it, and so she was at the cross. I, I forget, you know, she, I guess she must have been Mary, and she thought she'd be funny and slip her hand up the robe and like tickle her husband's leg, thinking it was him. Like she wasn't paying attention, and she looks up and it wasn't her husband. She's like, "Oh my gosh," you know. So, oh yeah, I've got tons of Easter play stories and why we're not doing them, and so. There's so many reasons I can't even tell you. Yeah. So, um, all right. Thanks for being generous, guys. So, again, uh, tonight at 5 p.m., man, just, we, this is just a gift to have these two here. And then tomorrow night at 7. So, yeah, yeah send the word out. Share it on your Facebook page. And then uh, be, uh, Normandy Benefit Dinner at the Cross, Zion Choir. And it's really a fun song. And so it's really, it's going to be good. And so it's going to be hard for white people to sing it, but it's going to be really good. It, it, it's got some of that soul in it, if you know what I'm saying. And so uh, it's going to be fun. And I just want to say thanks for being uh, the most dangerous people in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for being easy to pastor and easy to love. I get with some pastors, and they got all these war stories. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that must be terrible. Like, you guys have been great. You guys are pretty easy 99% of the time. <laughs>